Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Beko and my partner, Hari. Hello. How are you, Hari? It's been Pretty a while. Pretty good. Yeah, it's been a while. We yeah, a lot, of, a lot of things happen. Yeah. Election, coronavirus, coronavirus still going on. You know, it feels like eternity to me. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it seems like it seems like it's been forever since we lived with coronavirus. It almost seems like this this has always been the case. Yeah, you know? it's it's a little bit disheartening to hear that. But <clears throat> hopefully this will be the uh, you know, it won't be much longer. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys joined us today. We are going to talk about. A uh, very timely topic, which is the American election and what this means for various industries. We're going to talk about banking sector, oil and gas sector, tech, healthcare, and then more broadly, uh, legislation, kind of uh, issues around taxation, uh, stimulus bill, um, trade issue that's been going around uh, for a while under Trump administration. So we're going to talk about all of that in this episode. So... Hari, let's get started with our disclaimer, please. Yeah, this is the Value Investor TV podcast. We are a podcast that helps you understand the concepts behind value investing. We are not um, financial advisors. We are not tax advisors. We don't know your specific financial situation. So please consult with uh, the appropriate advisor before making uh, investment decisions. Excellent. All right, so... We are recording, just for your record, we are recording this podcast on the 12th of November. So the 3rd of November was the election night. And of course, as you guys all know, the election results ha- it still isn't, isn't finalized, but uh, it's, it's leading, it's trending towards, uh, strongly trending towards uh, Biden administration and the, on, for the presidency and the House is going to remain Democratic uh, Party ruling and then senate is going to be a republican led republican majority senate most likely so that's what on it's the looking now most, most likely, likely on the senate likely. um but main you know it could be a split but republicans yeah. have locked up 50 seats uh and they're two outstanding so so with that in mind um i guess your first take Ari, what was it like for you watching the election unfold and kind of um the unprecedented turnout and a lot of kind of turmoil right in the country yeah i mean i i think the uh you know i i think the pollsters should be fired that should be number (laughs) one right that they they were pretty far off on a lot of states and a lot of general election things um and i think that's that's you know it's it's very hard for me to say that we you know the country does best when we have a divided government, right? It it is it is always in the best interest of every American that no party wields all the power, uh, you know. And and so, you know, if you know, as elections go, I think it was a uh, it's it's very interesting to see how one party takes over and then tries to club the other one, right? That that seems to be the trend that we've been going through in the last few elections has been a tendency to, you know, label the other group, you know, and, and hate on the other group and so forth. Right. Um, you know, the, the, 
the founders of this country were actually fairly smart in understanding like that dynamic and kind of keeping power outside of the hands of any one group or one individual. Um, right. You know, the, the legislature is, you know, is responsible for taxation. Um, you know, the, <clears throat> the executive branch has, you know, you know, executes the laws of the country and then the Supreme court kind of make sure that those laws are, are, are actually constitutional and so forth. So, you know, I, I think from a, you know, from a, a, a financial perspective and from, you know, from what we care about from on this podcast, you know, it's best for the country not to have giant shifts in policy, right? Because that's how, you know, businesses have to adapt and change and so forth, right? From, you know, the, the things that the Trump administration did, I think the two biggest things that they did from a financial standpoint were uh, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, which reduced the corporate tax rate, uh, you know, by, you know, from uh, 38% to, you know, 28%. So big, big change uh, and led to a big change in the balance sheet for or in the net income for a lot of companies. Uh, and then the second one was regulatory uh, control, right? They, they eliminated a lot of regulation um, and that uh, allowed for a huge uh, boost in employment in this country uh, and, you know, very solid GDP growth. You know, so with the change in administration, right, we want to, you know, see how those policies change. You know, the, you know, Democrats have a tendency to have a more heavy handed approach to regulation. <clears throat> you know, and so we were talking about, you know, before the podcast started, you know, the various industries that this could, you know, go go through. So, um, you know, assuming that the the Republicans actually get the majority in the in the in the Senate, uh, which I think is likely, but not a not assured, um, you know, it, it limits the Biden administration's ability to to do, um, you know, major uh, tax uh, uh, increases, um, but it would allow them to still do some of the regulatory stuff. Um, you know, because that's controlled by the executive branch. So, you know, I mean, to me, you know, Becco, I think this is kind of, it's going to be very interesting to see because um, under Obama, I think the, you know, the, you know, the, the regulatory burden got very, very, you know, strong because they, they put a lot of regulation on a lot of different industries um, and passed some laws like the Affordable Care Act that, you know, really transformed healthcare. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, so we, I think we'll go through the industry by industry, you know, look and yeah. see what, what that looks like. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to harp on one of the things that you talked about there, which is the, predict the predictability aspect of the government, right? From an investor standpoint, from corporation standpoint, one of the things that you really want is predictability so that you can have a capital outlay you can project out into the future which projects you're going to take on and the return on investment for those projects you can have some predict predictability if there is you know if there's if there's stability in the government and to their point about having separation of power that's super important in in terms of having a stable kind of a government that doesn't swing extreme one way or the other so i really want, want to kind of harp on that point and i think i think you know from my standpoint I think this is this was an election for this. I think this was election that uh, the American people spoke, uh, you know, volumes about the, the 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 desire to be more of a center 
you know, more a center kind of approach instead of swinging extreme right or left, you know, put, you know, put, uh, you know, put, um, put power and put power on sort of the executive branch and the power uh, and into the controls of the Democrats. And then, and then, you know, have the separation of power with the, with the, with the Senate and the Republicans. Uh, again, like you said, it is still up for, it is still, you know, pending final countdown and whatnot. But I think I think to your point, um, people are sort of yearning for predictability, stability, and also division of sort of power instead of having one power sort of wielding all of it. So, um, and, and to your point about Trump administration, two things you mentioned: taxation and regulation. I think those are two things that were actually quite good um, for the for the corporations and for the investment community. So, um, so yeah, let, let's um, let's pivot here. I think that was a good uh, entryway into some of the topics that we want to talk about. We wanted to talk about in this podcast, right? So we're going to go through some of the segments, um, various industry segments, and talk about what this election could mean for this various sectors. Again, we're sort of speculating here. Uh, again, sort of taxation-wise, regulation-wise, we're just looking back at historical records of how Obama administration or or, 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 um, or Democratic-led uh, administration have have uh, treated these sectors, have engaged these sectors uh, philosophically. So we're going to kind of harp on that to project out to the future. But let, let's start off with the banking sector. Hari, right, so what's going to happen there? I think it's particular of particular interest because you know Obama administration went through uh, 08, 09 crisis, and obviously Joe Biden was part of that administration. What what will happen there? Yeah, so the the banking sector got heavily regulated after. 2008, the 2008 recession, uh, under the Obama administration, they added a lot of um, ratios and reserves that needed to be put into place before banks could uh, consider paying dividends, paying, um, you know, doing share buybacks um, and that kind of thing, with the idea that the more money that they held on to, the became more stable, right? Um you know, and then the thing that we've seen that's going to be different between 2008 and now is that interest rates have been extremely low, right? And so, you know, fiscal stimulus, right? We're coming, we're in a re- in a recession of sorts. Um, that's kind of, you know, some people are calling K-shaped and some people are calling V-shaped, right? Because of, depending on what state you live in, you know, the GDP growth is affected by, you know, the the local government. Right, affecting lockdowns and things like that. Um, so, the, so the big concern here is that heavy-handed regulation, when the economy is somewhat fragile, is going to be a huge headwind. And the in the banking sector, you know, the bank banking sector is how people start businesses. They, you know, they they borrow money to you know to invest in restaurants and things like that. And so if you put too much regulation on that, they're not going to loan money out. And then if you're not going to loan money out, you're going to end up with, um, you know, a, uh, you know, uh, underinvestment into the community. And this could have a huge impact, you know, going forward on, uh, on, on, you know, banking profits on, you know, the, the, you know, you know, the general health of the economy, right? So the banks are, are, are kind of a, uh, you know, a marker of of the general health of the economy. So, so I, I I think the you know the 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 you know 
future administration, you know, Biden administration has to be very careful about that, right? Because if they come in, one, I, I think the, the thing that we didn't mention was that even though the Democrats control the House, their margin um, got squashed, you know, uh, and, and so it's actually not a solid majority that they have. There were a lot of House Democrats that were in conservative states that, you know, voted with conservatives on a lot of issues. So it's not a you know um, it's not a slam dunk for the for the Democrats to be able to pass a lot of uh, you know legislation on the left you know uh, you know trying to regulate banks and things like that. So if they if they have you know too much right you know they risk losing the House completely and you know losing the majority you know or, or going further in the hole on the majority in the Senate right uh, in the twenty twenty two elections. So. You know they have to be careful, and and that's good for the country. I think you know for for them to be concerned about, you know, and, and trying to play to the moderate base of the 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 country. Yeah. So one of the things that I just want to harp on that you mentioned, which is obviously banking sector is sort of like, um, you know, it, it's like the leading or sort of like the the, the signal that uh, a lot of people pick up on. Like the health of the banking sector is the sort of the, a good proxy to measure the health of the economy yep. and financial wealth uh, sort of the uh, of the economy and so um to your point if you are if you are approaching banking sector with heavy-handed regulation full uh, front approach it might uh it might be a a kind of it might be a very very dangerous move especially given the fact that we are sort of in a forced recession if you will right um, all right, so let, let's move on to oil and gas industry. Obviously, you live in the greatest state of Texas, and a lot of people are in oil and gas industry. How are people feeling about oil and gas industry under the new administration? Well, I mean, so the last six months have been pretty brutal for oil and gas, right? When you, we lock down, there's, you know, the demand for oil drops tremendously, right? And And so it's picked up a little bit from there. So the, you know, the, the, this is again, you know, a concern for uh, the Biden administration is where does their, uh, you know, environmental protection agency kind of fall down on some of this regulation, right? You get too heavy handed, you end up hurting the oil and gas sector in places like Pennsylvania, where fracking is a huge part of their, uh, their uh, GDP. Um, you hit you you can hit lots of places like Texas Texas has you know a more diverse economy now than they had 30 years ago in in the 80s when um, you know that there was a, a big recession related to oil you know so so that kind of stuff is going to have a big impact in certain areas and less impact in others um, but there's there's a kind of a reverse thing that if there's a little bit of regulation you can actually make it less profitable to mine, you know, to not mine, but to, to get oil out of the ground. Um, and, and it may actually raise oil and gas prices a little bit. Now this, this has the counter effect though, of, of hurting GDP growth, right? Obviously the lower oil is the more money you have to spend on other things. Cause you're not spending it on gas. Yeah. You know, one thing, like you said, kind of, um, you know, what's interesting is oil and gas, Energy consumption is a direct proxy for economic growth, and obviously, yep. coronavirus has been uh, 
a major, you know, major, um, you know, bane for the industry, right? right. And uh, I think what's also going to be interesting to watch out for is is the Biden administration's um, push for more eco-friendly greenhouse gas emission control and things like that, and how that's going to affect out of the energy sector, right? Oil and gas is still a large portion of that, and how that's going to be impacted by uh, sort of this push to become more green, yep. right? So that's something that you would have to watch out for, especially if you're thinking about investing or have investments in the oil and gas sector, right? Just kind of watch out for that, obviously. Yep. All right, moving on to the next industry vertical here, tech, uh, big tech technology. Um, also, by the way, as a side note, I always kind of found tech, the word tech, referring to a software, mostly like software technology, kind of, I don't know, elitist or kind of misleading because technology can be many things, right? Yeah. Oil and gas, there's technology in there. But anyway, that's a side note. The traditional tech as we think of it today, like fan companies, right? Big tech. How are they going to be impacted in the light of, in the light of obviously a lot of, you know, a lot of, it feels like every week I see a new headline talking about, oh, another antitrust, antitrust uh, suit in some random country in Europe or, you know, you know, or, or even in the US, right? Um, it seems like every month there's a, hearing with the ceos of major uh major big techs uh, big tech companies facebook google whatnot so what do you think will happen with the tech uh, big tech so i i don't think that they're gonna get as heavy-handed regulation under the biden administration so um you know it's it's going to be interesting to see um you know the one of the big things that was kind of, you know, has boosted the social media companies and, you know, good, you know, and YouTube and Google um, has been the Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which is a, you know, is a essentially allows companies that are publishing um, other people's content. Right. So I'm sorry. It, it's a platform that you can post your own content on. Right. So think about websites that have forums Facebook, uh, Google comment sections, you know, things like that. You know, that has been a kind of a target for uh, the conservative uh, groups. Uh, and, and because, you know, the, you know, they have felt that big tech has kind of targeted and censored, you know, some of their content, right? So if you look at, um, you know, President Trump has has tweets that are being flagged for, misinformation or things like that. So, you know, one of the things that was, you know, he was focused on was that section 230, you know, being modified to say, if you're a publisher or if you're, if you're censoring somebody's content, it has to follow, you know, be consistently applied. If it fails to be consistently applied, you know, then you become uh, a no longer a platform, you're a publisher, right? So under a Biden administration, I don't see that really, changing much. I mean, I think Facebook, Google are going to have a, you know, a, a fairly easy time with, you know, this kind of regulation. I think they've uh, been heavy lobbyists with uh, the Democrats in the past. Um, and so, I, you know, I don't see much, you know, that that is going to affect them with this. Now, 
you know, I, I've heard some Democrat senators and, and so forth say that they want to, you know, kind of regulate them because of their size and things like that. I think it's going to be hard to prove in court that Google has been harming people, you know, with their monopoly, right? So part of the, the monopoly clause is that you have to, your monopoly has to cause problems, you know, for your consumers, right? And if something is free, how does that hurt you, right? Yeah. Just to point out the difference there, you're talking about now the monopoly clause, whereas you were originally, or I guess before you were talking about the monopoly side of it, you were talking about the publishing, the publisher yes. rules, or Sorry. Yes. censoring so, and whatnot. So just just want to point out the two different issues at play here. Right. So so there's two sections of this, right, you know, that, that big tech has to worry about, right? One is the publisher versus platform uh, conversation. And the other is because of their size, Facebook, Google have you know, a, a disproportionate percentage of the ad revenue space, right? And so they, they're able to dictate, you know, say, you know, advertising rates and things like that. Um, so I don't know that those things are going to be changing too much. Um, you know, under, under this kind of administration, we are seeing that uh, we don't know who all will be in the cabinet positions yet, but a lot of big tech executives are, are, are front runners for some of those jobs. So, We'll we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, I think another interesting point. So the, those two uh, threads right there, I think, is going to be very important to follow if you are investing in big tech. I think another thread that's going to be quite interesting to follow is the. We're going to talk about this later more in detail, but it, it is as it relates to technology sector, the high tech, that's the silicon uh, chip industry. Uh, the, the jostling between U.S. and China for you know, the tech supremacy. Uh, I think that's going to be also interesting to watch. And, of, of course, we talked about TikTok and kind of um, uh, Trump administration trying to rein in some of the, some of the, you know, some of the wildly successful apps like TikTok that originated from China. I think that's also going to be uh, part of that threat. Um, anyway, we're talk- we'll talk about that more in, in detail later. Now let's let's lastly move on to healthcare. Um, as soon as as soon as Biden got elected, I think there was a lot of conversation about healthcare. What what this means, and you know what this means for uh, Affordable Care Act. Um, you as a physician probably have um, more personal interpretation of what what, the, what this would mean for um, for for uh, you know for American people. Um, but also as, as an investor. So what do you think uh, will happen here with the healthcare yes. uh, industry? So one one um, discussion point, even before we talk about Biden, was that the Affordable Care Act was brought up uh, to the Supreme Court this week uh, for review to see if the, uh, because they removed the individual mandate, would that invalidate the law? Um, and it's looking like... Um, you know, that the answer to that question is no, that they're going to probably sustain, you know, keep the law as it is. <clears throat> so, you know, I, I think the, you know, there's kind of the left wing of the Democrat Party that wants to do Medicare for all, you know, that kind of legislation would require a, you know, I, I think it would require a, the Senate to be under the control of the Democrats, right? And so I think, you know, the the parties are going to have to come together to make a, you know, more of just modifications to the Affordable Care Act than 
say, you know, completely eliminate it and get into, you know, the, the more healthcare or Medicare for all socialized medicine, you know, kind of, you know, setup. So I, I think it's much more likely that we're going to see tweaks to the healthcare um, laws rather than uh, big overhaul changes. Um, now, if 2022, they Democrats control the Senate, you know, there may be changes there. Um, you know, but that, so that I, I think in, you know, if you look at the Affordable Care Act itself, you know, it was passed essentially without any Republican support. And at the time, uh, Democrats controlled, you know, 60 members of the Senate and had a majority in the House. So, you know, so big changes to health care, I think, are going to require overwhelming support, you know, for, you know, because Republicans, I think, are going to be opposed to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since uh, you and I are both in the healthcare industry, right, as our, as our day job, I think this is something uh, that's going to be really interesting to watch out for. Obviously, I think uh, under Trump administration, there was a lot of good things that happened, actually. Right? Yeah. Price, tra- price transparency, for example, is, is a big one. Right. There's, a, there's an executive order to reveal. If you guys are listening from outside of the U.S., there's a huge problem in the U.S. of not having transparency in terms of price. So if you walk, walk into a hospital and want to, you know, are looking to get knee surgery, for example, uh, you just you just have no idea uh, how much it will cost you. So uh, there were some really good things in the works, and, and we'll, we'll see how that will pan out under a new administration. Okay. Uh, now let's shift gears here and talk about uh, the lockdown. You know, COVID-19, obviously you talked about some of the stuff earlier on in the podcast, sort of the local nature of how um the lockdown has been executed right uh and and so um and you know what would that mean under biden administration and also uh, as it relates to that the stimulus package let's talk about both uh, together yeah so i i think the lockdown part of it is going to be impossible to enforce from a federal level right and so you know, I, I think the Biden approach would be to have uh, at the state level have each state impose their own sort of lockdown. So I think that's not going to go anywhere, frankly, in terms of, you know, Republican governors are not going to allow that. Um, and, you know, so I think it's going to be a much more uh, difficult proposition for them to push any more lockdown. Now, that means, though, that we're still going to probably continue with the K-shaped recovery that we talked about earlier, which is states that are open are going to have economies that are functional, right? Florida is basically fully open. Um, You know, Texas is mostly open. Um, You know, there are few restrictions. And then you go to places like, um, you know, Michigan. I think Michigan today announced, you know, new lockdowns uh, with basically complete shutdown uh, you know, you live in California and you were telling me before the podcast how California is slowly opening, but really it's still pretty locked down. Um, so I, I think you're going to see some some real problems there. Right. Um, and and so the the big concern there is where is this? How is this going to affect their their budgets? Right. State budgets are going to still you know, they're going to have huge shortfalls in revenue. Um, and and this is where that stimulus is going to come in to play, right? Is are are they going to be able to put money into the hands of people who live in you know working class people in California to keep them afloat? 
Um, and we're already seeing that in you know the original stimulus, um, there's a lot of fraud associated with it, right? Lots of people were getting money that shouldn't have gotten money, uh, and then people who de- you know desperately need it didn't get any, right? And so, you know, that's a, that's a big concern about this is that, um, you know, you're going to see the people who are politically savvy can you know finagle their way into the law and get get more money out of it, um, and you know, so you're going to see a kind of a split recovery, I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, you know, I was talking about this very, very issue of kind of the split recovery aspect you're talking about there and how it's it's really the, the income inequality and the gap that we're seeing is only accelerating and, and has only accelerated during COVID. Uh, and to your point about having access to financial, uh, you know, capital through banking system or through government loans and stuff like that is really only available for people who are well connected and for those that are not, um, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're uh, getting the short end of the stick there. Uh, okay. And lastly, let's just, talk, let's just quickly talk about the, the trade war. And uh, I think that will bring us to the end of the podcast. So uh, trade issue. We briefly talked about it uh, as it relates to tech. Is, and, you know, We'll we'll talk we'll talk more about like um, country specific details in the second podcast and the next podcast. But uh, overall, trade, um, what is it going to look like under a Biden administration? Well, I mean, if 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 they are reversing the policies that you know Trump was putting in place, you know, I think you're going to see you know more of a a tendency towards the globalization you know side of the house. Uh, and less of the um, the you know America first kind of mentality, right? So you know there are going to be more push for moving jobs out, uh, more immigration of uh, you know skilled workers and things like that. Um, so, <clears throat> but it's hard for me to really you know put my finger on what that'll look like because. You know these these countries kind of have you know there's countries by that were favored by Republicans and disfavored by Democrats, and some of those will flip right. You know when you have a different uh, political uh, group in power, and so you know the trade policies of you know Obama and Bush were very similar to each other in that they were all, all much more globalist, right? Trump has kind of been the unique one here in that he has been far more uh, protectionist in, you know, or nationalist, you know, would be another word, you know, word for it. Um, you know, and, and that creates some good things and some bad things. And globalism creates some good things and some bad things, right? Um, so I, I think, you know, rather than try and get into too much of the detail, because I think we have the entire next podcast is going to be focused on countries, right? Um, I think we should, we, we you know, I'll, I'll just leave it there, right? You know, that trade policy is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I think, especially as it relates to China, I think that's going to be a big topic of discussion in the yeah. next podcast. But, um, all right. Uh, thank you guys for joining uh, this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, I hope you guys uh, tune in for the second episode second uh, part of this uh, series all right thank you guys thanks